You're listening to The People's Pitch, the official podcast of Minneapolis City Soccer Club, brought to you by Football Stadium Prince. Let's start the show. And as I talked about just a couple minutes ago, as Joe Watt stands over this one, he appears to be the one taking the penalty here. Uh, this is a huge confidence booster if you're a Duluth. Worst Mr. case Elder scenario for City right more. here. And it stopped! Yes! And it stopped! Totally Matt Elder! <laughs> Matt Elder redeeming himself! Oliver with the right foot. The shot is... Oh! Oliver! And Justin Oliver will break the scoreless tie. And it is 1-0 Minneapolis City. It's Hutton now on the offense with the left foot. And oh, oh, it is now 2-0 Minneapolis oh, yes. City. Good finish. Nick Hutton taking his quick victory lap. Welcome back again, friends. This is the People's Pitch Podcast, the official podcast of your Minneapolis City Soccer Club. I'm your host, John, and with me, as always, is the Nate Morales. Nate, we had all soccer things this past match week. <laughs> um, is your head this week like mine is? Yeah, flummoxed, John. Uh, I think flummoxed is a good way to describe how I'm feeling. I'm flummoxed with this team. I'm not going to be all doom and gloom tonight. But as the weeks in this short season tick by, I think there's going to start to be more and more questions that need asking if things continue the way that they they've been going. But um, like we were talking about a little bit pre-show, like I'm going to say that for an NPSL season, this is pretty, this is pretty normal for Minneapolis city. I think we've had a couple of really standout seasons recently, um, mm-hmm. but you know, a loss to Duluth and a draw on the road to Sioux falls has never been the end of the world for us. And I don't think it's going to be this year. I'll start the show with that bit of positivity match week three is in the books. And we've once again, got a little bit of ups, a little bit of downs to talk about. We're going to lead off with the kids. The UPSL team is, is just a real bright spot for the club this summer. Um, but a big test is on the way. Uh, coming up this week the forever trap game happened in sioux falls like i said uh versus the thunder the npsl squad came away with uh with one point and now we've got a midweek test followed up by a quick uh quick turnaround for for a friday game so wednesday friday this week is going to be tough for the npsl team hopefully we can we can come away with something there and the usl2 side kicked off prep week with i would say an interesting match to say the least so, John, like the first 15 minutes of an all-inclusive trip to Mexico, let's just unpack all this stuff, just toss it on the on the bed and get to the pool bar. <laughs> Sounds good. John, quite the milestone this weekend as well. I want to make sure that we're giving credit where it is due. Uh, Aaron Olson hit hit a milestone that so far has been uh, has been untouched by by Minneapolis City players, uh, beating out Will Kidd for most club appearances or most club minutes what are the what are the details on that john uh it's appearances so career appearances or caps as the uh the soccer diehards call it so yeah ao ao surpassed uh will kid like you mentioned um i mean what a great accomplishment for for ao not just because of like the the milestone at, at its like true core of just 59 it was 58 or 59, 59 games. We'll call it 59, 59 games for one amateur team at this level is almost unheard of. I think the mm-hmm. only player ever to do that is like Vinny Bell. And he's probably logged like 300 games for Cleveland. Um, so like 
at our level, it's the, the turnover rate of players is, is very high, even though we tend to be able to get those guys for like three, four seasons. But AO's been here from the beginning. Um, there's a stand-up dude. You know, he, he's, he's a gamer. Um, I feel like he probably would have, I mean, minus the code here, which Will K would have already been uh, part of um, that we lost. Um, AO had some serious injuries that he'd come back from. So that's another storyline to this whole thing is that, you know, he's battled back from, from surgeries and, and just continuing to go, to go at it. And uh, I, I, you know, he's been our, our cap, he's kind of like our club captain. Like he's been with us forever. And uh, it's just been great to to see him and, and do what he does for city, but also just been great to get to know him as a friend and like just to see how genuine of a person he is. And, yeah, you know, whether you've, you've battled him on the pitch and you don't think he's a genuine, nice person, he's just a gamer. Uh, but off the field, he's the first guy who will grab a beer with you, shake your hand, tell you a good game, because um, he's just all about the love of the game, Nate. So uh, congrats to AO. So from a UPSL perspective, the Futures boys just kept on rolling again this past week as they headed down to Rochester to face Rochester FC and dispose of them via the scoreline of 4-0. For context, Nate, MC2 won 3-2 last year versus basically the same squad that they had last summer down there. Um, some changes, yes, obviously. It's not apples to apple, but why the heck not mention it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> why not? Uh, I think it's important because we went into this season with, I would say, lower expectations for these yeah. futures kids, right, in the in, in the UPSL. And and it's it's turning out to be like joke has been on us like they are rolling and it, they're looking really really good some of us were side-eyeing the stream john or maybe they might have had it up on a second monitor uh, but for those that could make the trip to rochester or catch the stream hit the high points for us because this was a this was another great performance for these future kids well the game was pretty much route one with city on the gas from the jump uh and really never looked back what i what i really take away from from this match nate is that these guys have a few things going for them uh number one they just go out and fucking play like it's not overly complicated like i've seen some of like the pre and post match stuff like analysis and planning and, and so have you um that the future staff like gives these players and, and and when i say it's not complicated some of that stuff is a little complicated right it's looking at percentages of like mm-hmm. you know 54 percent of second balls we lost we need to change that like yeah you get into stats and it's just stats numbers, num- numbers are complicated right but they're not overthinking things they're just going out and playing and like trying to clue in on some things that really will turn the tide right because like not mm-hmm. every game can be like a six nothing four nothing type game because there are there there is some there, there there are some some teams around the corner here that uh and we'll talk about one here in a bit that are our quality in a league that we don't know what's going to show up on any given day so like you can't you, you have to look a little bit at the competition that they, they played against but they still have to perform so that they're, they're they're just not over complicating things there's going out and playing soccer and it's working right now um the second one is they've revived the brotherhood a little bit. Um, you know, like we, we, we saw like the old guard and a, a, a page turned, right. And, you know, we only have a few of the old guard left, but part of the, the thing that I know JJ and staff were like really trying to keep a keen eye on is like the city way and like, and the brotherhood. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. kind of tough. <laughs> Excuse me, that's kind of tough to like, just like 
create out of thin yeah. air when you have like a, a, a program like teachers program, but over the winter in, you know, in where they were competing against each other. Now they're competing with each other. Um, that brotherhood like aspect of like them just having fun playing together and, and, you know, they have a fine system like the first team does where, you know, you, you leave your gear, you got to pay five bucks to go to the <laughs> party at the end of the year. You know, you get nutmeg, you get a yellow card. It's not tactical. You gotta, you gotta throw some, some, some bucks down. So like those little things I think are like helping with the positive message and like the not overcomplicating and, and, and they're, 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 it's, they're reaping the rewards of it. We talked about the physicality of the UPSL and that was a concern uh, when we did a kickoff show um, as a main issue that we might run into, but um to date, and I will emphasize to date, we talked about maybe some other teams coming down the pipeline. It seems not to be an issue. Yes, there's times where there's, you know, it peaks its head out a little bit. Um, but by and large, it really hasn't been like a game changer like we thought it could be because of how well this team has started to play a little bit quicker, a little, um, you know, faster with purpose instead of like hanging onto the ball and like waiting on your decision making. Like the kids are learning that like it's a different level of soccer, which is awesome to see. Um, yeah. Uh, the next thing, uh, hashtag Mutu watch uh, has been in, <laughs> in, uh, it's been in full effect since he went full slim shady and, uh, and dyed his hair blonde. Uh, he scored two goals since that's happened. Um, but uh, you're seeing like some of the guys that were in the club last year in the futures program, like Mutu, who are being leaned on as as a veteran presence. And we talked about like it's just a bunch of younger kids, right? Like some, mm-hmm. some of them are children. <laughs> let's let's call it like it is. They, yeah. The vet the veteran presence in this team is like nine, 18, 19 years old. So it's really good to see player a player like Mu taking advantage of not only performing but also being that lead by example type player. And there's 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 many other ones. I just I I, I bring up Mu too because the hashtag has been has been on social media and <laughs> I, I had to get I had to get in a little bit of a slim shady. Uh, Slim Shady dig on his blonde hair. He looks good, though. He's pulling it off, for sure. One thing that you mentioned, John, that I wanted to touch on really quick before we talk about maybe your standout performers is uh, you brought up that, like, they're just going to kind of going out and playing. It's not nothing complicated. And that I, I want to point out that that kind of makes it sound like they're just kind of showing up and winging it. But that's not true. I no, think the, no, beauty of this, true. the beauty of this, this Futures program, at least the way JJ is running it, and and I say this because knowing this, that I got a sneak peek at one of his, you know, game prep documents is that there really are some nice tactical plans for these games. Right. But because yeah. like you said, these are high school kids for the most part, or kids that are fresh out of school, it's not super complicated. It's like, there are three things you need to do. Think about when you get the ball, one, two, three, that's your progression. Think about mm-hmm. it make your, make your decision quickly and correctly and move on. Right. And, and I really liked that. I really liked that document. And I really like those kind of that, that like minimal prep and the simple things that he asked this team to do because it's working. Right. And like at the end of the day, soccer is a simple game. Like it, it, it's overcomplicated in some aspects, but at the end of the day, it's like, you got to beat the guy in front of you with a pass, with a shot, like with a cross, yep. like, 
defend, take the ball away from them. Like they're simple concepts and it can get, it can, the, the slope can get slippery when you start talking about things. And I think you're right. I think that the, 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 the staff is doing a great job of just making expectations clear. And then the guy, and, and then to the credit of the players, they're executing that. And mm-hmm. we're talking about young kids who can, in most aspects, probably don't listen to adults. Right? <laughs> so, uh, well, good on everybody. Um, and it's, it's been, it's kind of been, been part of the bright spot. As far as like standout performers go for the match, uh, number one for me was uh, Kevin Jabeth, who is uh, going, uh, coming back from his freshman year at Augsburg. He was uh, in uh, the, the Futures Winter Session. He had big shoes to fill because obviously we'll talk about where Luik was on the weekend. Um, he, Luik was with the MPSL team. So your, your standout striker and game changer is, is removed. And then it's like, who's going to step up? And Keba stepped up, scored a fantastic free kick goal, uh, chipped in with a penalty, was kind of a menace up top uh, all day uh, for, uh, for Rochester to have to deal with. And, and he, he was the next man up and he performed. So uh, for, for me, uh, that was a big one. Uh, the next one is the whole back five. So I, I don't want to get into like specific names. We're just going to call it the back four and the goalkeeper. Um, those guys, again, collectively getting another clean sheet against a team that does have players that can be dangerous, um, even though they didn't show it on the day, they have that ability. And uh, I thought they did a really, really good job of, of keeping another clean sheet. And the, as we know, goal differential matters. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, whether it's the, the first tiebreaker or it's, it's not far from the first. Um, that stuff matters. And when you're, when you're winning four, nothing, you can turn it off and it can be four to one, four to two pretty quick. And then the potential of what happens later on in the season, uh, gets disrupted by, by turning off the faucet. Um, so they, they kept, they kept, they kept their, uh, themselves locked in and I thought they did a really great job. Nice. Well, next up, John Wednesday night is I would say the true test that we previewed a couple weeks back before this game got moved. We're heading to Burnsville to take on Valora FC uh, in a battle of undefeateds. Valora boasts former Mr. Soccer and UW Milwaukee standout squad, uh, Suljic, who has already shown that he is, he's their guy. And uh, he's been part of at least half of their goals already. I think John, Mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. Um, Valora racked up nine points in their first week in action, putting up like, seven goals in that time uh after a little break then they came back and they beat granite city three to one on sunday so this truly is like a test of a a table topping test for minneapolis city of some high-powered upsl offenses they've scored 10 goals on the season our upsl's team has scored 10 last week let's see who can keep it rolling yeah and i i will say like to add on to it um first time they're facing a team that has a game changer and, and you mentioned it, it, it mm-hmm. it's Suad. Um, there's other good players on that team, but like he, he's the type of guy that can change a game by himself. And we haven't really seen that in, in the first couple games with that they face. We've kind of just seen like teams kind of trot out, like maybe not be as organized. Uh, don't have that guy. They can just lean on to just get the ball and take over a game. So it's going to be interesting. I'm going to be, I'm going to be uh, definitely interested in this one. It, hopefully I think there is a stream for this one. Um, so uh, hopefully we can check that one out. Yes, sir. And while the future was running wild in Rochester, the NPSL <laughs> side was experiencing a tougher time in Sioux Falls. 
historically, I don't know if it's because of the long trip or if it's because of the, the history of the Sioux Falls Club or the traditional, uh, what's the word, I, I, I guess, like how good they usually are or how good they usually aren't. Um, this is totally a trap game that has seen us struggle to leave with all three points year in and year out. This year, though, probably should have been different. John, you were there. Let's talk about how things went in Sioux Falls because a lot of people might be a little down on this result. Well, first thing I want to say, Nate, is uh, for those parents that might be listening, the Futures players were not running wild through Rochester. <laughs> <laughs> they were under control. They had they had adults around. So we're, uh, it wasn't like a – like a pool party at a youth tournament where the parents are at the pool bar um, <laughs> at the bar at the hotel. No, they, they were, they were under control folks. Just want to put that out there. Um, so, yeah, so I was, I was on the bench um, this week helping out uh, Derek Johnson moved a seat over from the assistant chair to lead the team. Uh, Marco uh, coach Marco Capoverde um, had uh, an absence that he had to take care of. So I, I took on a supporting role, uh, which is kind of my MO these days. Like I, I'm not, we have plenty of coaches do jobs. So I just kind of support where needed. That was, that was the case uh, on this trip to, to Sioux Falls. Um, and I think for me personally, it was great because I was able to kind of get a closer look at the action. Like we're up in the booth, you know, like we're, you know, may, maybe I have a headset on, maybe I'm doing some stuff on social media and I can have an opinion, but until I'm, you're like down in it mm-hmm. and, and you're, you're trying to problem solve, you're trying to analyze like a little bit of a different way. It's kind of tough to see how, how the sausage is made really. Um, so it was good for me personally. Like I, I, I really enjoyed, you know, I, I appreciate the opportunity to be able to do that, that stuff still. But as far as the match goes, it, it was a similar tale that we've seen um, that was quickly followed up by what I consider the best bit of fight that we've had from our senior group this season. So we've seen a come from behind win uh, on the USL two side um, in uh, our match against uh, Peoria on the road. Draw. Um, uh, sorry, uh, come behind draw. Yeah, um, to be able to to secure a road point, and we know points on the road, if whether it's one or three, are because of these short seasons. And I thought that even though we had that fight that, um, from the senior group, this was a different type of type of fight. Um, Sioux Falls, like almost every team in the North has leveled up. So I want to start there. Like they, the, from, from top down, like they're under new ownership, which is one thing in the past we show up and, you know, like there might, the locker rooms are like a double wide trailer in the middle of fucking nowhere. (laughs) Um, it's usually hot as fuck or cold as hell. Um, so um there's that um last season we were we were moved to like a grass surface to be a showcase game for like a youth tournament and it rained and then the grass was long and like it's just like all this shit kind of comes together we roll up this year and we're playing at this like high school stadium harrisburg high school stadium which was a fucking university basically like the facilities there were better than were better than most turf was awesome um the hospitality was great they were really really nice to us um the the um uh the the locker room was really nice um so it was a little bit of a change of pace so they've leveled up there they've also leveled up on the field um there's some familiar names you know we saw the Haggerty's, we saw the Wimmers. uh there was some some uh some some familiar gustavus uh uh, soon to be alumni that were, uh, that, that I saw that were, uh, suited up. We saw, oh. I saw Stevenson storm, but he didn't feature. 
uh, maybe he's injured, um, but like he was, he was back. Um, they, uh, I saw, I, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I saw Nigel uh, in, the, <laughs> in, in the stands and I'm pretty sure he was with his mom. So uh, there's that. So for, for those folks who are wondering if Nigel's mom's still alive, I believe I saw her <laughs> or, or it was someone different that looked like Nigel's mom. Why wouldn't she be alive? I don't know. You, know, you, never know. <laughs> you know, Nigel, never know. Nigel's not playing anymore. So, um, but anyway, so like it, it was a, it was different. They, they leveled up and they, and they came out with energy, um, which they typically do at home. We get them on the road and it's a little bit, sometimes a different story, but um, they had high energy. They got the ball forward as fast as possible every time they got it. Um, and that's where, you know, we look at the con contrasting styles. We were more content to keep the ball moving around, break through via possession, like kind of like calm down the energy, um, which is what we do. And I think we do it well. Um, but again, that, that kind of costs us a little bit with a mistake in the defensive third. And it's not just like what happens to us. It happens to anyone who is a possession style soccer team. Like you can, it can be death by a thousand yeah. paper cuts and you move down the field with, with the ball and, and then you just bang one in the goal and it's just like, you, and you can't stop it. But the, the antithesis of that is that if it doesn't work, there's some, there's the, the potential of danger with any mistakes or, or errant passes um, can be capitalized in front of your face. And that's what happened on the first goal. I thought it was kind of a little bit of a fluke, but then, you know, we're down, we're down one, nothing. Um, and, and, <clears throat> we're down early the response from from us i think was to kind of increase that pressure and then i think then that's when things started to change a little bit as far as the action goes i thought that um outside of their their main chance that where they finished which was like one shot one goal and we have like four shots and no goals um we had we had a lot more of the possession we were starting to defend well we were figuring out the long ball we were we were, we were probing for where the chess pieces had moved. And I thought we were, we were responding the right way, but we were down a goal. Um, couldn't find the back of the net in, in the first half. Coming out, out of the half, the, uh, the message in the locker room that, that Derek uh, had was, was very clear. It was, got, hey guys on the field, we had a plan. It, it, it kind of worked. They're up one nothing, not the end of the world. If we get one goal before they do, we know historically that, that that's where the floodgates open and, and we'll be on the front foot again. We just need that. But players on the field, you have 10, you have 10 minutes to figure it out or the changes are going to start happening. And I thought that was a very good message from Derek. And it kind of like showed the sense of urgency to the players and it, it got them excited, uh, like riled up again, the right way to like go out and like, let's, 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 let's go get this thing. Um, <laughs> well, we know that didn't happen. Um, uh, <laughs> I shouldn't say it didn't happen. We started out on the front foot, one one minor breakdown, and we saw it happen. Same thing happened like in the first half. Sioux Falls was able to get the goal ahead goal um, or the 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 two zero lead. Um, in so, no disrespect to the guy who scored the goal, but here's how it broke down. <laughs> that that guy in the run of play, he's one of the central midfielders, that guy in the run of play, and I, I apologize, I don't remember his name, um, was having a real tough time under pressure and was kind of turning the ball over a lot. And like, and with pressure amped up on him, he was trying to go backwards or side to side. We were picking those passes off and getting good counterattack opportunities. So he was having kind of a rough day. His first touch was a little bit 
away from him. And then for like 15 seconds of his life, he turned into fucking Pele and takes a ball out of the air and rips like a perfectly like just driven volley into the back of the net. Fan- great goal for him. But I was like, God damn it. Like, what what can we do, man? Like, it's like, is it just not our time? Like, what's going on here? So, so, so that happened. And then it was like true gut check time. So the changes started to come via personnel at first. So we started getting some guys in and then that followed up by tactical changes. So shifting formation, um, getting a little bit more direct. And I think that is where everything changed. As soon as we went to three mm-hmm. in the back and two up top and ascend, and you can talk about like, yeah, the possession style is great. And it is. Um, and some people will be like, well, yeah, John, of course you had more pressure because you put four attackers on. <laughs> you had four forwards on. Yes, I get that. But at that given moment in the game, it started putting them on their heels. They were only getting out of their half with long balls. You know, time was ticking and we, and we were chance for chance for chance were coming. We weren't able to find the back of the net. Um, <clears throat> but the week comes into the fray. Was able to get on, was able to get on the score sheet five minutes after being introduced. Shocker! It's kind of what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, he he just has that that special something that like he he scores goals and we really needed that. He comes on, scores that goal, two to one. Plenty of time left to be able to get an equalizer, maybe a third goal. Cole draws the penalty kick, ends up resulting in a second yellow. Now we're up a guy. Unfortunately, he misses the kick, and we're like, "God damn it! What? What? What did? Who did we wrong to, to have all this <laughs> happen to us?" Um, and then, um, you know, stoppage time is is literally leaking out, and the pressure that the that the the, the team had applied uh, really really put Sioux Falls into a paper bag, and they couldn't get out of it. Malik was able to was able <laughs> paper to, bag. And, yeah, I mean, like they were they were just flailing around and like without purpose uh, at the end of the game. And uh, Cole, you know, gave him tons of credit having the negative of missing the penalty. He threw his body into a 50-50 tackle, and it kept the ball from which could have been a clearance to keeping it in the defensive third. It gets to Louis quickly. Louis beats three guys, finds a window, scores the goal, two-two draw. So. If I had to summarize it, um, could that have been three points? Yes. It could have been three points nine out of ten times. But on the tenth time, it wasn't. But that fight I talked about, like, the guys didn't give up. And the coaching staff didn't give up. And it quickly turned it into any any chance of positive that you can take out of it was was what we were able to kind of draw drag out of it. And that was coming with one road point. And sure. We've tied them before and gone on to do great things in the conference. Um, and, you know, like you said, this is, you know, it's kind of like par for the course. It, it's a trap game for us. Like, it's tough to win there sometimes. And uh, and, and we, we, we found that out this weekend. John, the theme for me tonight is positive and purposeful movement of the ball. So I was at 9th Street watching the game with the fans, and while Sioux Falls – the Sioux Falls stream is crappy. It really was clear that our skill level was far and away, like so much better than Sioux Falls. And it wasn't just in the second half, like you described. I, I would say we had so much possession in and around the box for and the, chances. the entire game. I would, I described it in the moment as like, we're just casually able to like dribble 
and pass to keep possession. But I can't tell you how many times we were screaming at the TV for players to shoot. Like, please, mm. somebody, anybody, shoot. Plenty of well, positivity I think didn't, in this didn't one. Lionel, I think. Didn't Lionel rattle the bar in the first half, too, with the crossbar? I, honestly, John, impossible to tell with that stream. <laughs> <laughs> it was It was not great. It was not great. Um, but he might have. He might have. Uh, I would. I will say that when Luik came in, enter Luik. He's a closer, and and we really need, we really need closers on this team. Like all the guy does is score goals. I feel like a part of that is because he's he's one of the few players that'll just like that has an instinct and will shoot the ball. And maybe that's. I don't know. Maybe that's just uh, my bias because he has been one of the only players on this team to score across three leagues, but uh, two leagues, I guess, three leagues if you count the U.S. Open Cup. But um, you know, I need to see more offense from the rest of our players. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll touch more on this in the next segment. But for years, like you said, the city brand of soccer is calm, possession-based play, reflecting that side-to-side nature of some of I would say the great programs that our players came from punctuated by those diagonal passes forward um, to hit the speed on the wing. And on occasion, a team would figure us out and hit us and hit us on the counter and make us pay. I think the word is out though, John, and we're seeing that every week from every team at every level is looking to counter Minneapolis city, any mm-hmm. chance they get. Mm-hmm. And we got to adjust. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't disagree with you at all. Um, but I also, like you look at, We'll just take the MPSL for since we're talking about it. Um, the league has just gotten better. I mean, look at what's happening across across the division. Um, mm-hmm. Sioux Falls has been narrowly losing out on three points in in some of their other games against against teams in the top half. Um, Aris beat Joy and didn't just win; they they beat Joy three nothing uh, at home in St. Louis Park. So if that's any indicator of just like how this year is going to go, you know, it, it it does go down to if people think they figured us out. Soccer is always about have a solid foundation for plan a have a, have a slightly less solid plan B. And then if plan B is not working, C and D have to just be get direct and go and like just try just get the ball away from your goal and as close to their goal as possible. This is how soccer Mm -hmm. goes. And you're seeing that like more teams are um, across the board, not just against us, but they are having, they have more of a solidified plan A. And so just throwing guys out there and playing, we talked about it with the loot. We are seeing how like they, they're, they're tactically set up better. Or they, they're executing better because they have that tactical setup um, that they didn't maybe have as well in the past, past years. But, um, but when, to go back to your, your, your closer comment, you're hundred percent right. I mean, you gotta, you gotta put the ball in the net regardless of what the other team's doing. And, uh, and, and the week's been that person for us and it's been great and like, good for him. Right. Like so, he's just taking yeah. his opportunities. He's gotta be on this list. I'm sure there are other players though, from this game who you feel were standout on the day. Uh, Xavier Zenge again, like that guy, uh, it was funny too, because so he was, uh, if you watch the game in the first half, he was able to get forward and get a lot of time on the ball. Um, him and Lionel on the right side were able to kind of do what they wanted. Um, 
but mm-hmm. Xavier had to obviously be tracking back to stop some of those counters. But then he'd get the ball, and it was like effortlessly he would he would he just bomb forward, uh, whether he had it or whether he was the weak side guy trying to fill in for a cross or whatever it might be, um, just all over the place. And the funny thing was is our when we, when we moved to three in the back, I just mentioned to Derek, I was like, I, I'm like, I don't know what you think, but we need to get Xavier closer to the goal. And he's like, yep, I agree with you. Uh, it'll be like in the next two, three changes we're going to make. And then I, I kind of, Xavier made like another forward run and like he ripped a shot that I think like tore the goalie's arm off. I mean, he, <laughs> the dude just laced one. I lean over to Derek and I was like, we might want to just make that second or third change now because we need, <laughs> we need to use him forward before he burns out because he was getting on back, but another game changer. And we saw it. We'll, we'll talk about him, his inclusion in the, uh, in the game the day, the day prior uh, here in a second, but number, number two for me, Jameson Charles getting his first appearance. Uh, I thought he was fantastic in the middle. I think there were still times where he had, he had some giveaways and it was, um, some of it was lack of communication because I was down there where like he would turn the wrong way because, and he didn't know that he was turning the wrong way. Someone just told him to turn, maybe give a look, but a guy closed down quick and he, and, and he had a few giveaways, but when he, when he was being communicated to, he was fighting super hard in the middle, winning tackles. When he had the ball, he was smooth on it. He was, he was kind of trying to keep possession in crazy times. I think he did a really good job. And then obviously the week comes on, first five minutes scores scores a goal get us on the front foot then it was constantly dangerous every time the ball went up to him it was like something's gonna happen something's gonna happen and Here it comes. either he was creating um i thought he did a really good job um which is something that like we haven't seen a lot from him and that's getting others around him involved because typically you just see him getting the ball and scoring um but he was like making that final pass we were getting opportunities um, where that he 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 realized he couldn't do it all himself and was leaning on on the other guys and then ultimately getting that 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 game winner and it was so funny on the bus ride home uh, Lionel was like Luik like how do you hit that shot on the first one I don't know I just I just kicked it <laughs> he's like <laughs> and we're like you hit it with uh-huh. such like you chipped the keeper but with such pace that it was like normally people would be like kind of lofting it and he just like ripped into it and it like this dipped over the cross uh, over the keeper under the crossbar or and he's like, oh, i just kicked it <laughs> like that's that's a that's a kid answer um, yep. so uh, yeah i mean i thought that you know regardless of not getting the three points i think there was a lot of positives to come out of this even though it might seem a little negative because we didn't win that's that's all right that's okay uh we've got two big npsl games this week and how important that second one becomes depends on how we do on wednesday night against uh, uh against med city uh in rochester uh med city john i would say they're in a similar situation to us arguably underperforming against the traditional lower part of the table it hasn't really cost them quite as much since they don't have a loss yet but a similar draw against sioux falls and a couple of one goal squeakers against eris and dakota fusion don't bode well for this uh for this team unfortunately for the crows though med city has scored one more goal on the season than us i would call this a statement game john one that we really need to win to prevent potentially putting ourselves out of the playoff race early on yeah i mean every time we play we'll call them the big the any game between we'll call it the big three right Mm -hmm, the people mm -hmm. who have actually like finished in the top half of the division historically 
um, it's a statement game. Like you, you never want to leave it to the last game of the season, right? Like it's just what, what, what we what we figure was the magic point number eighteen points gets gets wins you the title. Something like that, yeah. Something like that might change yeah. now. It changes year to year now that more teams are kind of coming. Another team yeah. added in. We, yeah. What is, we'll just call it the magic number. We figured out mm-hmm. the magic number. And a lot of times what we've seen with Med City is they have the hot start um, and then they falter at, at the back half. We we haven't seen outside uh, in the last two seasons where they've had kind of the slow start in the beginning. But what we found, and we're kind of in it now too, the slow start can really end your season at, by by like the first week of June. It really can, depending upon how the other teams are performing. So yep. like with what I've seen from Med City is, once again, quality talent there. Um, the gelling process to get them on the front foot and like, and to get them moving is a little bit slower. So we, like I said, we either see them gel slower, finish stronger, make the playoffs. We see them start strong, fall, uh, gel quickly, falter, miss the playoffs so do i know which one we're in yet i don't know but you know if if duluth keeps doing their job and i mean even, even if we uh i believe what two weeks from now we get them we get duluth at home even if that goes the way of the crow um there's still an opportunity for them not to to falter to any of the other teams in the division they haven't really gone on the road yet outside of playing us so there's still that going on the road but um this truly might be the the playoff, like the the second playoff decider this mm-hmm. early in the season. So I think it, it really is a statement game, and and we have had success down in Rochester. So um, hopefully we can continue that. For for, for sure, for sure. Because then on Friday, John, we uh <laughs> we've got that game that should also be a statement for the positive, and that's Dakota Fusion coming to town. Like I said, uh, depending on how. Wednesday goes like we might really need to win this game. Uh, the Wi-Fi enabled Megabus hasn't brought a lot of competition in the past, and this year seems to be no exception. Dakota already has losses to Med City and a perplexing Joy Athletic team, and they they drew against Sioux Falls. And does Sioux Falls have only only draws? That's funny. That's funny to me. Um, but that gets me thinking. Uh, that this is going to be this is going to be a healing game. This could be a healing game for Minneapolis City. Yeah, three three games, three points. That's funny. Um, yeah, they this only this, have draws, huh? This this Dakota game on Friday could be a cleansing game, we'll call it, for Minneapolis City to get all the uh to get any of the bad feelings out. I'm just looking here. Yeah, Sioux Falls Thunder, three games, three goal, three draws, four goals, or four goals against. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Who have they played? Let me just look real quick. Fusion, Med City, and us. Yeah. And they got Joy, Med City, Fusion, Duluth, Eris, us again, Twin Stars. So one, two draws at home, one on the road. So not bad. Honestly, not bad. Not bad. Um, <clears throat> I forgot to mention that they had a they had a European coach on their bench who was supremely dressed in like the one I've ever seen, the tightest jeans I've ever seen. And an awesome brown bomber jack leather jacket. Like, <laughs> are you talking about Sioux Falls? <laughs> yeah, like the coaching attire was incredible for that guy. Um, and I don't know if it was, uh, if it was, uh, it might have been Victor uh, Naranjo. 
but yeah, he he was dressed to the nines. Um, but to talk about the fusion, uh, I'm almost lost on a tangent here. Um, so <laughs> Where am fusion. I? Fusion, uh, like most teams, leveled up. I think they got some really good personnel in. Um, the pedigree of some of their players, I think, is a little bit stronger than it has been in the past. However, for them, I think the 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 tough part is brought on a new head coach who has NPSL North playing experience. Um, he played with. Um, he, uh, let me go back and find out what his name is here. Um, bear with me. Uh, Samuel Winning. Sam Sam Winning. He he played with Duluth, so he he knows a winning culture. Um, but um, but he's young, and I think that what they're what they're in is like young head coach who checks a lot of the boxes. New new influx of talent. How do we make it all work? And mm-hmm. how do we travel? Like, how do we travel? It's always the biggest thing, whether you have a mega bus or not. So I think that you're, you're definitely, you know, see, seeing from them some early stumbling blocks, but I look at, at them as like the potential spoiler once they get their shit together. Um, and this game is like every game from now on is a must need three points for Minneapolis city. So to falter to fusion at home, would be a uh, a giant step back, and I don't think that's something that um, our our players and our staff are are going to take. Like the, this one, in in the eyes of city fans and players and staff, it's this one needs to be three points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, John, up. You know, we speaking of speaking of games that we're going to have to start winning sooner or later. Um, we hosted our first USL two home game at the friendly rented confines of uh, Blake's school. And it didn't go quite as planned. Well, Breck. Oh, Breck that was Breck. Blake. That was the, the other B, Breck's, Breck's yeah. school. Didn't Blake's go quite as planned. Mm-hmm. Hoping to uh, to play a whole game like we played Peoria for the last 10 minutes of the last one, City was instead stifled and again punished for being caught out of position. Kyle had, will have the full recap up on the pod page. But John, <laughs> um, what did what did we see from the booth? Um. Okay. Um, number one for me is despite the fact that Peoria rolls up and looks like, like they're not serious and they're like, they're, they're they're like, kids are like rec league t-shirts. Yeah. They don't look the part, but let me tell you this, like those guys can fucking play soccer. They are good. They are good soccer players. Don't let it, don't let Peoria, Illinois fool you. And don't let the way they look fool you. These guys can play. Uh, they lead the division right now, and they go into Des Moines next week. What if they pull off a win at Des Moines? Then what are we saying about our draw on the road to them? Yeah. You know, like that's how that's how deep and how talented the the differences between USL two and MPSL are. Like mm-hmm. we talked a little bit about it. Like last time Eli scored two goals was a six one victory over Duluth this time he scores two goals and it has to pull us back from the depths to get a point on the road. Like that is a very true and accurate statement. Like this league is tough. And these players from Peoria come from quality backgrounds. Um, like free, uh, Justin Freitas, their striker, like the dude, like in one sequence, like his, like one of his center midfielders ripped a shot that was like going into traffic and the dude kills it, makes a touch and, and puts a shot on target that, like just narrowly misses like that type of skill check is 
you only see from really high level players. So I want to get it out there that these guys can can fucking play. I do think that we got caught not being able to adapt to how the game changed a little bit out of our, um, and that's where we paid for it. Like I think that I watched the game back again, and you could kind of see the um, the coaching staff uh, for, and we couldn't hear what they were saying, but you could see that they were kind of instructing their guys to kind of bypass our our mid level block that we were in from a pressure standpoint through the air and like find that pocket of space in between. And if all else fails, like isolate your best player in free toss against one central defender. And a lot of times it was, it was Jonah having to like beg, borrow and steal to fight off this guy, um, which I thought he did a really good job for like 80 of the 90 minutes against, against him. Um, So like we got caught out and then we paid for it. And again, that's his soccer. Um, But I thought that like, we did make some adjustments. It took a little bit longer um, for us to make some of those adjustments than I think even the staff would probably like. But we made the adjust- adjustments, um, you know, to to counter what we were seeing from Peoria. I don't think that we we had a lot of attacking efforts, but they weren't really like fruitful efforts until the second half. So we did kind of flip the script, and we had those chances. Um, we just couldn't find the back of the net. So I think the main thing for me is that we have to have like short good short-term memories um in not only the first year of usl2 but also in the coming years when things don't go our way because um right around the corner is just another quality team you know every time no every time like we haven't seen the canadian teams but i have to believe that they're also strong in their own respects so Um, you know, and even we've seen from, from, uh, St. Croix, they've had, they had a, a, an embarrassing loss to the Mattis, which that hurts anybody. They, they fought back hard. Um, you know, Peoria was a little, I watched that game a little bit tired. You can tell they didn't have much energy as they did against us, uh, uh, Friday, Sunday. They, um, they, like even St. Croix, they, you know, like they're a new team too. They showed some fight and were able, you know, they, they put up a really good effort against the table topping team. So um, we, we have to just watch our backs because every week's going to be tough. And uh, so we got to wash away the, the past and we got to get that hunger back again. And I think if we can do that, then we're going to start seeing some results go in our favor. Yeah, I hope so, John. I want to go back to my positive, purposeful movement point. And this time, instead of on the offensive side, I want to talk about on the defensive side. Too many times you and I saw uh, players from City just kind of ambling forward. You said it, you know, we were out of position quite a few times. Not really showing for a pass, not really looking dangerous with a run, no purpose. And Peoria punished us for it. I thought, personally, the Irish Zidane had a great game, Aiden O'Driscoll. But he he had to be everywhere. He was tracking back to cover for people who were caught out on that counter because they were just kind of checking out what was going on beyond midfield when maybe maybe they should have been thinking about thinking about uh, what they were what they were doing in the moment and where in the course of play they were they were they should be. Um, he's one of my players of the game, John. Who were your standout performers? Um, real quick before I get to that, I think I think what you just described is just like the domino effect of like one crack in the in a plan, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like we should never have to have Aiden being everywhere. Like he should be like in his spot executing and not having to cover as much. 
Um, so I, I think that you, you just see how much of a domino game soccer really is, where like one the next it leads to the next. And if, if Aiden's out of position, then that means that Luca or Aiden Kavanaugh, or whoever's in the midfield with, with him need to then figure things out or an outside back has to cover for that gap that Aiden had to fill because something else broke down. So I, I think that it, it was very much a game from start to finish of one thing goes wrong for us and it becomes a bigger thing organically through the domino effect. Um, but to talk yep. about positives, um, standout performers, man, how good is Herbert Endele? Like, yeah. um, I will say though, that you didn't even get a chance to see Herbert at his best because honestly he just came in and like, he hasn't really trained in the system. So a lot of times when he got the ball, it was like, fuck it. I'm just going to take it because I can beat all these guys. And he would go do that. Um, but being able to like fit within the system to then be able to have his role where he can turn that on in a more advantageous spot is what I think we're going to see out of him in the next couple of weeks. But man, how like the difference between like what he can bring to the table, uh, even just in his first match with us, where he kind of had like half of the idea um, quickly like shoved into his head. Um, man, organically that guy can just turn it on. And he was, mm-hmm. I think, it was super unlucky not to uh, to to maybe find the back of the net. Um, but ultimately, my my top performer was was goalkeeper Martin Sanchez. Um, that game you know, respectfully could have gotten a little bit more out of hand. Uh, I think he stopped two breakaways in, uh, in the first half. He had just a sprawl out save uh, in the, in the beginning of the game uh, from point blank range. That was fantastic. And I think, uh, I think it was uh, our main man, Tyler, who kind of put together a, a, a clip show of all his saves and man, yeah. you watch that back in, you're like, wow. Like he really stood on his head and, and kept us in that in the potential to to sway that game in our favor and did did everything he could. Um, and I, I mean, I'll give credit to like their goal wasn't like high quality, but it was a good finish. And um, and he even still almost got to that one. So uh, I thought Herbert did a really great job. Yeah, there were a number of there were a number of times where I thought Martin made saves that we would not have seen in the past right just like one-on-one situations um that acrobatic save where he was he had to like bolt back into into position and still fully extend yeah reset himself and fully extend to what is his upper right to to hit that ball away be just beyond the just beyond the post that was that was such a nice save so yeah martin is is uh is the real deal Happy to have him on this USL2 team. Up next for us is the most local of USL2 derbies. City travels to Stillwater to take on the ex-Crows of the St. Croix Legends. Um, like us, John, St. Croix is winless in the USL2 season, having been taken down by Des Moines and Peoria. No draws to their name, however, so we are ahead of them at the table by a point. What can be? What can we expect on Friday night under the lights of Stillwater High School? Well, I think like you have to go and look at the makeup of Saint Croix. Um, there's there's a, a heavier reliance on some of some more of the D three talent, very talented D three players. Mm-hmm. But you look at Des Moines Menace, Peoria. You look at our first team, and yeah, you can say we have some D three players on our roster, which we do but they're all like graduated grown ass men. They're not like 18, 19 year olds. So 
um, it's tough for and I've, I now I'm seeing it in this league for someone coming from that level to equal the level and and then level up. And it's not I, I'm not saying that it can't be done, um, but that's what's kind of happened to them is that you've seen uh, a higher caliber of player on paper um, mm-hmm. show the eye test that they can they can step up they can put it in another gear. And and St. Croix put up the fight until that other gear happens. Um, it's there's a lot of familiar faces we're gonna see, uh, which is awesome for Minnesota soccer. Um, I, I I can't I can't say that enough. That having two USL sides only gives more players opportunity to play in this league, which is, in my opinion, awesome because it get, it gets it gets the players prepared for their 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 next step or their next season or whatever. And it makes our state better, which is awesome. Um, so I, I see this as another dog fight because it's like the, you know, it's like the old days of playing against VSLT or how we see us playing against the twin stars. Like everyone kind of knows each other, mm-hmm. um, whether it's players that formerly played with us or players that maybe, uh, maybe we, we had a, we had an eye on maybe trying to bring in. Um, there's just, it's, it's just two familiar foes. And it's going to be a battle. And that's what I love about soccer is that like on any given day, like you're up for a fight and I like the fight. I don't like the one way traffic. So I I think that um, it's going to be awesome to see. Um, I think like organizationally St. Croix will have the same problems that we ran into when we first started, you know, where it's like, how do you like all the, all the things on the checklist you think you have figured out. And then the next thing you forget kind of is actually really important. (laughs) And then you figure (laughs) that out. So um you know, it'll be good good for them to, you know, to to keep to keep on keeping on if if the results don't come for them. Uh, same can be said for us. Um, but as a as a, a brand new organization in higher level amateur soccer, um, to keep on keeping on and just like learn from it and and move on, win, lose or draw, uh, will be important for them. But I'm I'm excited for this one. I, I won't be able to make it out though. I'm gonna be out of town this weekend, so I'm gonna be I'm gonna be uh, you know. Trying to trying to sneak a, a a sassy side eye on my phone while I'm with my family <laughs> to try to we will to uh, we one. will be there, which is pretty sweet. Well, I mean, I, I I'm I'm really looking forward to it, and I think that like the grand scheme of things for our club is get back on the front foot, like re- regardless of the results going into St. Croix, say it's like an, uh, a draw, but get the obviously i want to i want all three points i always do but if if it's like a draw scenario or another like have to fight from behind thing like do it in a in a way where like we can see some change like like have the fight like win that battle versus the other guy you know like put together that that performance and make the result be because the other team also leveled up against mm-hmm. you you know what i'm saying Does that- yeah yeah Oh, I gotcha. So I think that regardless of this one, like let's make a positive step forward in how whatever way we can, um, because we're gonna have to turn around and and start facing the the, the Canucks here in a little bit, and then we do it all over again. We yeah. play these guys again. Well, folks, check out the St. Croix Legends. We'll play them three times on the year. Check out St. Croix Legends social to get details on tickets. The game is at 7 p.m. where the ponies play out in Stillwater, and thank you folks for listening tonight to this week's show thank you to our wonderful show sponsor footballstadiumprints.com if you're in the market for supremely curated soccer graphic design on anything from mugs to t-shirts to 
that's about it. Uh, no underwear. <laughs> the prints. Head over to footballstadiumprints.com. Fill your card up. Uh, don't forget to use the code Crows10 for 10% off on everything you purchase. And remember that all U.S. orders ship uh, from here in the United States. There's no pesky international shipping fees. And as a reminder, Minneapolis City is a 501c3. So consider beefing up that tax deduction ahead of next year through a charitable gift to the club. If you are interested in getting a hold of us, we've made it simple through the club on Twitter at MPLSCitySC. You can get to us uh, through the show at Twitter at The People's Pitch or via email at MCSCPodcast at gmail.com. And that is all for this week. I am Nate. That was John. Uh, game four on or game week four on the way and tons of soccer ahead of us. Get out to a game this week and support your crows. And you got hooked. Time to hoof some people. Let's let's get on the hoofing. Let's let's get to hoofing.